Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today my guest is Miss Amy Immler. She is a lecturer over at the Department of Animal Sciences in the College of Agriculture and Life Science. She is here today, not only because she's one of my favorite people in our field, but because she can give us some great life advice while preparing for vet school while you're in your undergraduate degree whether it's in animal sciences or not. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is Miss Amy's first podcast, and so I'm excited to have her here. Um, Okay, so why don't you first go ahead and tell me your involvement in animal sciences. How did you get to where you are today? Okay. So I actually started out um, as a young child growing up on a small farm, and I just kind of had a passion for animals. And so Thinking about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to major in, animal sciences was something that made sense. And so as an undergrad, I majored in animal sciences, but I also really knew that I loved to talk with people, communicate with people about my passion for animals. And so I actually dual majored in ag education and communication um, with the intent to teach high school agriculture. So when I was finishing up my undergrad degrees, I had an opportunity to go get my master's in animal sciences. I went and taught high school agriculture for about four years, and an opportunity came available. Um, the current advisor at the time in our department was leaving. I had some faculty reach out, thought that I'd be good for the position, so I took that. Um, and then a position in the department came open to be a lecturer. I was still helping with some of our undergrad classes, and then I transitioned to that but I still work a lot with students. Miss Amy has a good example of a journey that wasn't necessarily planned. You had a passion, you pursued the passion and you know, a pretty, I feel like a straightforward way to be majoring in animal sciences, but then dual majoring with another part of your passion, communications, and then these doors just started to open up. Now, most of you listening to the podcast want to become veterinarians, obviously. You're going to pursue your passion to become a veterinarian, but you don't know along the way what's going to happen, what opportunities will come to you, what advisors might remember how wonderful you are and tell you about an opportunity. So it's wise to keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities. It's wise to be polite professional at all times so people want to give those opportunities to you. Exactly. You meet with a lot of students who want to become veterinarians. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to give a brief overview of the animal science major and what you can do with that. Okay. So the animal sciences major is by and large a major that focuses around livestock species. So a lot of students don't realize that, I think, when they come to us. If you look at the universities that offer animal science degrees, not every school in the country is going to do that, and they are primarily what we call land-grant institutions. And I tell students that come to us thinking about veterinary medicine or exotic animals, companion animals, because that's where I would say the vast majority of our students have a background with animals, and that's fine, is that if you go to veterinary um, school, then you will interact with all sorts of species. So if you don't have a background in livestock, we're still a good fit sometimes because we prepare you for that. The other thing to think about is that there's a really thin line between livestock and companion animals and exotic animals. 
there's a lot of um, translational information that you're going to learn. So pigs are pretty much in terms of their reproduction and digestive tracts, really the same. And so when we talk about pigs, if dogs and cats are kind of what you're thinking about, there's a lot of similarities there and a lot of ways to apply that. Mm. Um, The other thing to kind of think about, too, is that you'll get a lot of hands-on experience in our program. And that's something that, experience. Yeah, that's something that I think draws a lot of students. We have, um, I think, seven livestock units that we use for research, teaching, and extension. Several of those students can actually live and work on them. Um, oh, and so then, fun. Yeah, so it's a great way to um, reduce the amount of um, finances related to finding an apartment yeah. and then also having a job that you get work experience with. But then also a lot of our labs are going to be based out of those. And a lot of leadership opportunities within the college. Yes. So there are students within our department. We have several leadership opportunities. Block and Bridal is kind of our departmental club, but we also have dairy science. We have the equestrian team. Um, We have intercollegiate judging team. So students that either have a background from 4-H or FFA. We also have a lot of students that have no idea what a judging team is that do them. Um, You travel all over the country. You get to network and meet people. Um, So we have the judging teams. And then also on the um, college level, there's the ambassador program. We have students that get involved in the pre-vet program, minority pre-vet, the exotic animal club. There's all sorts of things that you can do. So animal science already has a lot of opportunities built in to get you ready for vet school, research opportunities, leadership opportunities, extracurricular opportunities, potentially paid employment, you know, if you're working on the on one of the units. So, and they provide all the courses. If you're not an animal science major, I highly recommend you go to your advisors and see what opportunities are already kind of built into that department and see what you're missing. If what we're saying is not part of your major, go and seek that out at the college level. So it's just like a wonderful opportunity for animal science students because everything to me is pretty much built in for them. The students who don't have that, please seek those opportunities out. Okay, so Amy, I want to play a little game with you since you've met with so many students. Let's do do's and don'ts of undergrad. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up a basically a part of the application and the part of the process of going to vet school. And we'll talk about some of the big do's and don'ts that we've seen from students. Okay. Let's start with coursework and courses. What are some, I think don'ts are more fun. So what are some don'ts that you see students doing when they're choosing courses and the course load? So the first don't is they don't go see their advisor. Mm. Um, And so um, I'll be honest, as an undergraduate student, I probably didn't utilize my advisors Same. as much as I should have. Mm-hmm. So there are things that I tell my students about that I wish I would have known yes. as an undergrad. Um, and so the other thing is, at least in animal sciences, some of our classes are only offered once a year. Yeah. Some of them require prerequisites. Yes. Some of them require animal experience, some don't. And unless you meet with your advisor, on a, I'd say at least once a semester is plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you don't always know that. And, and we like to sit down with you when you first come in and plan out if you're going to be here for four years, what that those eight semesters look like. If you're here as a transfer student, which we have a lot of transfers, if you're only here four semesters, 
how do we make that organized? How do we get the most out of your time while you're right. here? Yes. Um, so I would say the biggest don't is that they don't go see their advisor, and you should do that. that. Yeah, that's kind of a do and a don't. So don't not go see the advisor. Do go see them. And the other thing that you're saying for academics, a do would be to plan. Yes. Plan it out because it would really stink to get to your junior year and realize you wanted to take a class, but you were missing the prereqs, whether it's the animal experience or the actual course. So make sure you meet with an advisor, not only in your department, but a pre-vet advisor too. Meet with both because when I have students come in and they're an animal science major and they want to talk about which courses they should take, I tell them what the vet school recommends, but I tell them they need to go back to see their advisor and make sure they've done what they need to do and they're at the right place in their academic development to take that class. Yep. Same thing if you're planning to do a minor. If you think you might want to come in and do a major we have an increasing number of students coming in with dual, um, dual enrollment, APIB, sometimes yeah. even an AA degree as a freshman. So all of that has some nuances to it. And we all, and I, I tell students, particularly if you have electives that you know you want to take outside of our department, you've got to talk to more than just your one advisor. So network and use the professionals in your academic situation that are going to help you get what you want out of your experience. Exactly. Okay, so that's a little bit about academics. Let's jump to animal experience. What are some do's and don'ts? And I think you might be able to talk about this more than I do because you actually have animals and have a lot of animal experience. So what are your do's and don'ts with animal experience? Okay, so I would say with animal experience, do get as much diversity as you can. Um, So if you come in and you have a lot of experience with companion animals, it's fine to continue that experience. It's great to do that. But make sure that you're diversifying, that you network with some large animal vets, whether they're horses or food animal or mixed practice. If you're into exotics, you know, that's kind of icing on the cake. Get with sure. get some experience with those types of things. So make sure that it's diverse and that you're really kind of stretching yourself in terms of your comfort zone. Um, we have a lot of students who aren't familiar with livestock. They weren't raised around livestock. Even those of us that have livestock, know that you have to respect them and they can be scary. Mm -hmm. But that's part of what some of the classes that we offer and what your advisor can help you do is find people that will um, take care of you and set you up for success while you're learning how to handle those animals. Perfect. So do get variety, do stretch yourself. Um, And I liked how you said that a lot of it's translational. So what we're learning about, let's say a, a cow, you know, is a large animal. You're learning how to work with a large animal. That's mentally preparing you to potentially work with like an aggressive dog at one point, like how to approach it, what to do. So what is our don't with animal experience? Um, I would say don't narrow yourself down to working with one veterinarian or Mm. also don't just get vet experience. You can get animal experience by doing research, Mm -hmm. by helping be an undergrad in some of our classes and, and serving as a teaching assistant doing volunteer work. Um, so think think outside the box in terms of how you do that. Sometimes um, vets that you don't, particularly large animals, sometimes they won't take you unless you've had a little bit of experience. Yes. So maybe that means you take a practicum. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means you go and do some research at our dairy research unit. Um, and then you can come back and say, all right, I've worked for six months with dairy cattle. I've got some experience. I know how to read animal behavior. Yeah. Um, and then the other benefit to working with multiple vets, because I think some students get comfortable. They like they want to build that relationship so they get that nice strong letter. Of sure. Rec. But you want more than one. Um, and you want to see how different people run their practices. 
And so I think that's a great um, way to do that. Amy, you could totally be the pre-vet advisor at this point because she's so right. If you love one clinic, you might think, I love veterinary medicine, I want to be a vet, but you might just love that one clinic. And you also want to get some diversity of thought by working with other veterinarians. So make sure you explore enough of the field to know that it's not just the practice you enjoyed, but the actual field as a whole. Exactly. Let's do do's and don'ts of extracurricular activities. Okay, so let's start with do get involved, but then don't get over involved. Yes. So it's like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. There's too little is a bad thing, too much can be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. You got to figure out the right thing. And I tell students with extracurriculars, um, whether it's clubs, whether it's research, whether it's a judging team, you really need to know your boundaries. And um, quantity is not the same as quality. Correct. So I encourage students that, you know, if you know you can only do one club really well and you can get involved, you know, get a leadership position, really demonstrate. Um, those types of skills that we want to see in applicants, get to know people that are going to, you know, be your your supporters and your advocates, mm-hmm. um, then just do the one. Yes. If you know that, okay, so this semester I did this, but I want to do a judging team and you sometimes have to back off on things, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see students who overcommit. I see students who get involved, but then all they do is show up for a meeting. That's not really a do either. Mm-hmm. So Find something that you love, and it, if it's not, if let's say you're in animal sciences and you tried out block and bridle and that's not for you, it's not to say that the club can't be in something totally outside of animal science. Absolutely. So if you love salsa and you want to become a part of the Gator Salsa Club and get a nice leadership position in that, that's wonderful. It's going to add some diversity to your application. It's going to show leadership. So what Amy is, Miss Amy is saying, quality over quantity Know yourself and your boundaries. Make sure that you're not taking on too much, but whatever you're doing is something you enjoy and it makes the time worth it. Yep. And time management is key to extracurriculars. And life. Yes. (laughs) Get that planner out. (laughs) Okay. Now, do's and don'ts of professionalism. I would say do think of every interaction um, while you're an undergrad, whether you're meeting with your your, your peers whether you're meeting with your professors, your advisor, or people in industry that you respect. So whether it's veterinarians, whether it's livestock producers, whoever it is, think of it always almost like a job interview. Mm. Um, and so obvious, I think the obvious thing is to think of your advisors and your professors. Um, I teach a 7.25 a.m. class, Intro to Animal Science. It's a blast, even though it's early. Um, and so I tell students, you know, you don't have to dress up, but maybe not come in your PJs because one day you're going to ask me for that letter of rec. Um, and so it may not make a whole lot of sense at the time. Um, but thinking about what impression are you leaving Mm -hmm. on the people? The same thing with your peers. I think that's an overlooked one. Um, you'll be surprised that as you move through your professional career, people will ask you, Hey, do you know so-and-so? Oh. If you worked on with on a group project or you just had class with yeah. them, you, you don't realize the impressions that you're leaving, I think, at the time. And so your true. peers are just as important um, to develop good, strong relationships with. Not to mention also from a professional standpoint, um, sometimes work cannot be fun, but sometimes it's about who you work with. Mm. And so um, I encourage students to develop a really strong peer group that can support you through some hard classes. Yes. Um, undergrad is not all rainbows and sunshines, no. particularly when you're on the pre-vet path. Mm-hmm. 
And students that struggle are often those that are isolated and not making friends. And so sometimes I'm like, just think of them not as competition. Yes. They are resources to you. I think there's too many times that in class we think about that. And that's true in professional life. Your colleagues should be your resources, Mm -hmm. not people that you compete against either. So. Oh, I totally agree. So our do is to consider every interaction as a potential opportunity for help later, a resource later, a job interview, be professional, be polite, make sure that you can rely on those others. I think that's such a good example yeah. about the peers that if I'm a veterinarian and I have a vet student or a pre-vet student who works for me and another pre-vet student wants to work in my clinic and that one who works for me knows that person, I'm going to ask them, what are they like? And if you have not had a good interaction with that peer, they're going to tell that vet and you might not get an opportunity. That's a really good example. So don't burn those bridges. So what is our don't then for professionalism? Again, kind of thinking about not utilizing resources Mm. in terms of what's available to you on campus to make you successful. Yeah. Um, I think that from a professional development standpoint, you always want to, if you're applying for a job, there's the Career Connection Center, there's mm-hmm. Kathy Carr in the College of Ag and Life Sciences yeah. office that will review a resume for you and help you make that good first impression. If you're struggling in classes, there's resources on campus like the Teaching Center. So mm-hmm. I think the the don't is, is, is thinking that you can be an island yeah. and not knowing, one, what resources are there and not asking for help. Agreed. Yeah, be it's it's a professional thing to say I don't know who can help me start to know this thing. So make sure you ask, ask a lot of questions, get involved, don't isolate yourself. You're going to need those connections later. Those professional connections are the door to a lot of opportunities. So mm-hmm. use them. Miss Amy, what have I not asked you or what do our students need to hear from you who are getting ready to go into this field? Um, I would say that one of the things that students who are pre-vet that I think you all should understand is that it's going to be um, a difficult road. The classes are difficult. Coming to school, being away from family and friends, all of that is difficult. And there are lots of things that you can do if you have a passion for animals, whether you're an animal science major or not, that if you realize that vet med is not the right fit for you, there is still a lot of things that you can do to work with animals. And so when we advise students who are struggling for whatever reason, or who just come in and say, hey, I've been shadowing this vet, I've been working at this clinic, I just don't think this is right for me, but I have no idea what I want to do. Just know that that's fine. And there are lots of, you know, people tell you to have plan B. I'm stealing this from somebody that I've worked with, but I like to think of some of those other opportunities more as parallel plans. Mm. So you can be preparing for vet school, but you can also keep your mind open and be preparing for other types of careers that have you working with or within the animal industries. And so whether you're preparing for vet school or another type of career or job, all of the things that we've talked about are important. You've got to get involved. You've got to network. You've got to make good impressions. You have to know who your resources are. You need to plan. You need to meet with your advisor. You need to make good grades. So it doesn't really matter, I think, what you're doing. Um, Vet med is one of the many options that you can do. And if you're preparing yourself and setting yourself up for success that way, you that means you've got a world of opportunities 
to work with animals in a lot of different fashions. 300% agree. Always be open-minded. Be realistic. I think a lot of students have had this in their heart for so long that the idea that maybe it's not what's best for them is very scary. And maybe we're afraid of letting down our parents or our friends or our professors. And at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. And if you realize that this is what's for you, then go for it. If it's not what's for you, have your parallel plans ready. You'll have had so many opportunities to speak with professors, advisors, and peers who can help you pursue whichever path you decide is best, but be realistic. Yeah. I was one of those students in high school, and I think some of it is when you think about, I love animals, and you're thinking about what careers you can do, the first thing that pops in your mind is veterinary medicine. Yes. So in high school, I wanted to be a vet. I rode that summer. I was really fortunate that my large animal vet let me ride with him for a whole summer. And I loved it, but I knew, I knew that was not the lifestyle that I wanted to live, Mm. and it just probably wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me. And so then I had to start thinking about, well, what really drives me? And that's when I started thinking about teaching and education because I liked working with people. I liked talking to people. Um, And so you just kind of have to think about those things. Some of the same things that drive you to want to be a vet can also be good fits for other careers. So many opportunities out there. Vet med is one wonderful one, but you also have a plethora of other options. So I'm always glad when veterinarians or advisors come on our podcast and talk about how keep your mind open within the field and outside of the field. So I want to thank Miss Amy for coming on today. I think your first podcast went great. I know. This was fun. Let's do it again. We can definitely do it again. It might have opened you up to doing this professionally for a parallel plan someday. I never thought about it. Oh my goodness. See, this is why it's good to- Could you hear me on the radio waking up at 5 a.m.? I could hear it before an animal science class. You can come on. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, Well- Keep your options open, everyone. Use your advisors. Be professional in every interaction. And I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.